Dr. Tom Price, former HHS secretary under President Trump and currently senior healthcare policy fellow at the Job Creators Network. Uh, Dr. Price, uh, first, welcome back to the show. It's been a while. Great to have you here. Thanks so much, David. Wonderful to be with you again. Well, let's dive right in. There's the headline and the reasoning given on the top line to the point of standing. Did you do you feel these states had standing? Was this a correct decision by the court? Well, I, I think not. Uh, there's, it certainly is a selective use of the standing argument. States have routinely been given wide latitude on bringing cases before the Supreme Court, and you can count numerous cases where there was a question as to whether or not the states were harmed. But what the court said in this instance, seven to two, as you identified, including Clarence Thomas and, and Amy Coney Barrett, um, uh, with the majority, uh, said that the states couldn't demonstrate any harm that would come to them with, uh, with the penalty for not purchasing a health care coverage policy being zero. Um, and therefore, they threw it out. So it's important that people appreciate that this was thrown out based upon a technicality, essentially, that it didn't get to the validity or the merits of the law itself and whether or not Obamacare at its very base is, is constitutional or not. That will have to wait until another day. When, you know, again, a 7-2 decision is uh, not a 5-4, to four. this was a, not a narrow decision, it's understandable that many out there, and this is why we have you here, but many out there uh, lack the understanding of this standing argument. Can you go a little bit further in explaining where you stand on this and, you know, was there any even a reasoning that could be applied as you see it by the Supreme Court to not give standing? Well, again, most what courts require is that the individual bringing a, a contest, bringing a complaint to the, to the court, demonstrate that they are in some way harmed by the action that they're objecting to. Um, and so that and that's that's grants them standing, the ability to stand before uh, uh, the, the, the court and even bring the case. In this instance, the court said no states, again, couldn't prove that they would be harmed. Um, I believe that it was a narrow decision on that, not not from in terms of the numbers, but in terms of the definition, because states are required to do all sorts of things because of the ACA. Um, and so uh, the, the, the fact that, that whether or not the penalty uh, has any bearing on whether or not states are harmed, that's not the question. The question is whether or not states are forced to do things that they otherwise would not uh, want to do or, or their, their constituents would not want them to do based upon the law itself. And that's what would make it potentially unconstitutional. But uh, again, I, I, there, were other, there were individuals who pointed this, this problem out prior to the Supreme Court uh, um, uh, ruling. Um, and so uh, I think what needs to be, I think it's important for the country to have a definitive um, a decision based upon uh, what the court says regarding the constitutionality of the federal government being able to say that you've got to purchase something, um, that you must uh, under penalty of law. And um, I, I think it ought to be uh, that, that it clearly is unconstitutional to do that, but uh, that has to work its way through the courts and there will have to be another case brought forward. Understanding that the ACA has become fairly ingrained in our society and there need to be positive responses to the health challenges that we face as a nation and not just rely on the government running the show. 
We'll get to some of those effects of the ACA in a moment. But, you know, something occurs to me as uh, you're uh, talking about this. If we want to split the uh, constitutional baby in many ways between state and federal, uh, I would think of the example of Romney care, as it was commonly called in Massachusetts, states given the rights to do certain things within the state that the federal government should not. This basically is saying that the states don't have the right and the federal government wins this decision by the Supreme Court. To me, that's a contradiction right there. And I'm not a, look, I'm not a jurist. I'm not a, you know, I'm not anything close to an associate justice, just a talk show host here. Well, I, and, and, and I'm not a jurist either. I'm a physician. So I, I look at this from a, through a healthcare lens. But but uh, in, in my time in, in our state legislature and, and in Congress, where I spent a number of years um, and, and trying to make certain that the, the, the legislation that we were proposing and voting upon was, in fact, consistent with the Constitution, my reading of the Tenth Amendment of the Constitution uh, states that, that uh, those items not clearly defined uh, to be the role of the federal government shall be left to the states, and 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 we've gone a long way in the in a direction away from that, giving the federal government huge authority over all sorts of different things. And this is in the area of healthcare, uh, which uh, which is one of the reasons that I believe uh, what what you defined as Romney care in in Massachusetts was in fact constitutional. If the state wants to decide to do that, then they are certainly, I believe, within their authority uh, constitutionally to 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 do so. I don't believe that the same holds true for the federal government. Yeah. Let's go to some of the effects, because we are talking about uh, harm, in a sense, what has happened in these states. Uh, under Obamacare, and this is at healthcareforyou.com, uh, you know, patient choices declined, costs skyrocketed, skyrocketed care restricted. Uh, there have been the actual real world effects and real world examples such as the national institute of health in the united kingdom canadian form of healthcare, other nations to show us that this path has not worked anywhere it has been put in place uh, understandably people are not only concerned americans are afraid that if this becomes the law of the land it will cost us more as a society what do you say to that well, it, it, it is the law of the land right now, and I believe it is costing us more as a society. And the real question, a couple points. One, it's important for people to appreciate that those of us on, on, on the right, conservatives in this country, believe that everybody ought to have health coverage and health care. Uh, we don't believe people ought to be turned out on the streets. We, we, we think we'd simply say that, that the answer to the question of who should be deciding what that health care is ought to be patients and families and doctors and not the federal government. And that's where the, the, the rub comes, because once the federal government decides what health care is, then they decide what health care isn't. And if you believe that what the problem that you have for you or your family uh, is something that the federal government doesn't believe goes within the confines of their health care, then, then guess who loses? <laughs> You're on the short end of that stick. And that's not where we don't believe that's we don't believe that's where those decisions ought to be made. They ought not be made uh, with the federal government. They ought to be made between patients and families and, and doctors. And you mentioned that costs have increased and choices have decreased and care has been harmed. Uh, you think about the deductibles that are out there and limiting individuals' ability. And, and part of this is solely a result of the ACA, uh, limiting individuals' ability to even get any 
care at all because they can't afford the deductible because of what the federal government has done. My guest, Dr. Tom Price, uh, you know, from a you're at the Job Creators Network. And I think about the effect that uh, this has on companies out there at different levels, whether it's under 50 employees or above 50 employees uh, that are being forced to participate or offer. And you know, that's another area when business and the economy cannot support something, it does eventually fail. And it's who decides, to your point, uh, that is a big part of this problem. What do you think is a solution going forward to the Affordable Care Act? Well, it's again, it's important to answer the question: Who decides as it relates to health care? Who should be making these health care decisions? Who should decide what doctor you see, what kind of coverage you have, where you're treated, when you're treated, and the like? Um, and we just strongly believe that that the answer to that question ought to be patients and families and doctors, and not uh, the federal government. So, what does that mean in terms of what what it would be for you and your coverage? Um, it, it, if you think about the, the Federal Employee Health Benefits Program as a model, uh, which allows individuals who are employed by the federal government to select from an array of options that they uh, of, of health coverage policies, um, it's uh, uh, and, and it works well because it allows each individual uh, employee to be able to select the, the kind of policy that they want for themselves and for their family, not that the government forces them to buy. That's kind of the model for what we see as as a a, a, a responsible way to approach this, so that it's not a one size fits all. The coverage policy that you have, uh, you may want for you and your family may be significantly different than I want for myself and for my family. But that doesn't mean that we ought to be forced into one or the other or something that neither of us want. It means that we ought to be able to select the kind of policy and coverage and care uh, that we desire for ourselves. My guest, Dr. Tom Price, former HHS secretary under President Trump and now senior healthcare policy fellow at the Job Creators Network. Uh, you know, we talk about the states in the beginning and, you know, just again, thoughts and conversations for the audience and obviously between you and I, uh, you know, companies and corporations, uh, when you look at the broad numbers, what is 70 percent of Americans get their health care mm-hmm. through a company of some sort? Uh, I dealt as someone who's, you know, run a company, I dealt with issues in New York where I was being forced to only offer uh, the 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 healthcare exchange or face these penalties. A lot of companies and people that I talk to would like other options. Do you think companies uh, or corporations, uh, in a way, could provide enough of an argument to find standing in when it comes to the Affordable Care Act? I believe so, and it's why Job Creators Network is so interested in this because the the the, the second line, the second largest line item for most businesses after salaries uh, and and the costs that they have uh, is health coverage for their employees, and 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 most many many companies want to make certain that their employees have high quality health care and and and, and health coverage. Uh, but right now, they're, for, for, for many companies, they're forced to do something that they otherwise may not want to do because of the ACA. Now, um, there, there, are, there are companies that, that I think would have standing before the court uh, because they are being harmed in, in, in one way or another by having to select something that may not be what they want uh, or what their employees want in terms of, of health coverage. So, 
um, I, I think more more uh, work needs to be done and and, and uh, due diligence needs to be done to try to make certain that uh, that, that we're able to get a, a a dispositive answer, final answer on whether or not this kind of action by the federal government is in fact constitutional. Because if it if it is deemed by the courts to be constitutional, then what the the, the question then becomes what what can't what can't the federal government do? If they can do this, is there any limit to what their authority is over you and me and every other individual in this country? Yeah, forced participation seems contrary to not only the principles of this country, but directly to the Constitution uh, for me. Thank you, sir. Great to have you back. Uh, and uh, we'll keep following these issues and more with you at Job Creators Network. Take care. Be safe and well. Thank you. Dr. Tom Price, former HHS secretary under President Trump, senior healthcare policy fellow at the Job Creators Network. By the way, there's a great website, healthcare for you, spelled out, healthcare for you.com. I'll be right back. 